Hello again, I'm Richard Figge, and this is For Reading Out Loud. So good to have you with me this evening. Not long ago, we read Stephen Kolinsky and Ian Botterill's modern retelling of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Your enthusiastic reactions have encouraged me to share their second story. It is Cinderella, and it will be published in book form with beautiful illustrations by Claudia Pyrrhus. For tonight, as in the great days of radio, your own imagination can provide the pictures. I am very grateful to Stephen Kolinsky for his kind permission to share this story with you before its publication. Once upon a time, in a faraway land, a ramshackle cottage lay nestled across from a shimmering pond. Gusts of wind sent shivers down its spindly corridors and rattled its old frames. Owned by a powerful duke, the tiny house was now home to a once successful merchant and her young family. The four had fallen on hard times, yet what they lacked in silver they more than made up for in spirit. Squeals of joy drifted through the woods as the children played from dawn till dark. One such afternoon, after hours of searching, a giggle gave Adrian and Sasha the clue they needed. Beaming and covered with ashes, their stepsister crawled out from behind the cinders. She stood before them, her eyes filled with determination and spirit, and so, from that day forth, the little girl was known by a new name, Cinderella. One autumn afternoon, several years later, Cinderella was sitting at the pond by the cottage. A weeping willow hovered above. Planted in honor of her late parents, the willow was Cinderella's favorite spot. Curled up in its roots with the blanket of leaves gently swaying above, she could sit there for hours with only a pair of doves for company. "'I need to return to the manor,' her stepmother called out. "'Again?' Cinderella replied. "'You've only just come back.' "'The spring ball is coming,' her stepmother smiled. "'With the extra work we can afford new clothes and repair our carriage.' "'You never rest,' Cinderella sighed. Her stepmother hugged her tight. "'Spending a few more hours there is a small price to pay. This is the first ball in years. It could change everything for us. It will be filled with merchants from far and wide.' This is our chance to revive our fortunes and rekindle our trade. Fine, but then let me go, protested Cinderella. The twins have cooked dinner. You can rest while I finish the work. Oh, no, don't try wiggling out of your studies, the stepmother laughed, hugging her once more. I'll be back soon, I promise. Cinderella fondled her necklace, watching as her mother disappeared down the path. Crack! Cinderella woke with a jolt. She must have fallen asleep while studying. Thunder echoed through the valley as dark clouds raced to cover the sky. Crack! Cinderella hurried inside, her chest tightening. Is Mum back? she asked. No, muttered Adrian, but the Duke can't keep her much longer in this. It was now late as the rain hammered down. The three of them stared out the window desperately scanning the horizon. Crack! An unfamiliar figure appeared in the distance, and the children rushed outside. Something was wrong. 
A pale-faced rider approached and dismounted. His lantern flickered as he wiped the rain from his eyes. "'Dear children,' he began, his voice faltering, "'there's been a tragic accident. Your mother—your mother has—' "'No!' cried Cinderella. "'You're wrong. I'm sorry.' He shook his head. "'She is no more.' "'But her dinner—' began Sasha, falling into Adrian's arms. Eventually the three of them fell silent, standing motionless as the rider was swallowed by darkness. The following days were a blur of despair. The siblings scraped together what little they had for the funeral. Opening the kitchen door each morning, Cinderella longed to see her stepmother's warm smile. But there was nothing, just an empty chair, two fellow broken hearts, and three doves on the windowsill. The day after the funeral, Cinderella saw her brothers clutching an envelope. "'What is it?' she asked. "'It's the Duke,' frowned Sasha. "'Come, we must go at once.' The manor's grand door swung open. A thin, wiry man stood by a mirror. With a snap of his fingers he ordered them inside. "'You have asked us to—' Adrian began. The duke raised his hand and cut him off, his eyes darting between them. "'By week's end I will have replaced your mother,' he began. "'As you may imagine, I have no need for scroungers living off my land. You must leave the cottage by then.' "'What?' Sasha gasped. "'We have nowhere to go.' "'That is not my concern,' sniffed the duke. "'Consider yourself lucky to have stayed this long.' "'Please,' Adrian pleaded, "'let us continue our mother's work. We are hard workers, just like her.' The duke scoffed. "'Triple the cost for none of the experience? No. I helped your mother in return for her work. Now she is gone, the deal is no more.' He waved his hand. "'You must go.' The brothers hung their heads, but Cinderella met his icy stare. "'Give me the job, alone, until the end of the year. I will work twice our mother's hours for half the pay. When my brothers finish their studies, we will leave for good.' "'As you wish,' the duke smirked. "'Get straight to work.' "'No!' protested her brothers. But it was too late. Coming home late that night, Cinderella was exhausted. Only now did she realize how hard her stepmother had worked.' "'Oh, Cinderella,' said Adrian, "'we would have found another way. "'As the youngest, you shouldn't have to carry this burden alone.' "'What choice did we have?' Cinderella replied. "'You two are only months from finishing your studies. "'Then I can return to mine, you can find work, "'and we can find a new home.' "'She forced an unconvincing smile. "'Besides, working for the old duke, how hard can it be?' From then on, Cinderella worked from dawn till dusk. It was grueling. No matter how hard she tried, the Duke never uttered a kind word, only invented task after task and chore after chore. Cinderella was at breaking point, but she pushed on, the threat of losing their home and their future weighing heavily on her mind. Each night, when Cinderella returned home, she would pick up the dinner her brothers had lovingly prepared and take it down to the weeping willow. There she would sit, gently running her fingers over the inscription on the necklace her stepmother had given her as a child. Everything you need is within. It's the simplest, 
yet hardest thing. Once these words had inspired her to imagine a bright future filled with adventures in far-flung lands, now they rang hollow. Her dreams and confidence had been crushed by the Duke's constant meanness and reminders of her lowly rank and fortune. How someone could have so much yet care so little she would never know. One spring morning Cinderella noticed an envelope lying at the door. As she opened it, a rare smile crossed her lips. It was an invitation to the ball. She had forgotten all about it. As she opened the envelope, her stepmother's words came rushing back to her. This ball could change everything. Placing the invitation on the kitchen table, Cinderella set off for the manor, a spring in her step. A night of escape, a chance to spend time with Adrian and Sasha, whom she barely saw any more. Finally, something not even the Duke could take away. "'My letters!' snapped the Duke later that morning. "'Here they are,' Cinderella smiled. "'I placed the royal invitation on top.' "'Invitation?' he frowned. "'Are you reading them?' "'I would never,' Cinderella spluttered. "'It's just that we received the same.' "'We are not the same,' hissed the Duke. "'How ridiculous! Surely you're not thinking of going?' Cinderella remained silent. "'Well, answer me.' "'The invitation is open to all,' she replied. The Duke's cheeks flushed a deep red as he rose to his feet. "'The last thing the Princess wants is the likes of you embarrassing yourself at her ball. Know your place, and be grateful that you even received an invitation.' "'But how dare you speak back to me in my house?' he thundered. "'You barely have a place here, let alone at a royal ball. Back to work. One more word, and you'll leave here penniless tonight.' Despite the Duke, Cinderella's mind kept wandering back to the ball. One evening she came home to a surprise. As she walked through the door, Sasha and Adrian handed her a magnificent hand-stitched dress, carefully crafted from her mother's garments. They had spent weeks sewing it in secret. Tears springing up, Cinderella hugged her brothers tight. She could hardly wait to wear it. The day of the ball arrived. There would be no time for Cinderella to return home, so the three agreed to meet at the palace instead. Cinderella packed up her dress and set off to the manor. She sighed. The list of chores ran longer than ever. Barely pausing for breath, she worked tirelessly. As shadows stretched across the grounds, she laid down her tools for the day. The stream of carriages heading to the ball had slowed to a trickle, there wasn't a moment to waste. Taking her dress, Cinderella ran inside. "'Where do you think you're going?' called a familiar voice. "'To change. I finished for today, and I don't want to miss the ball.' The Duke drew closer, his eyes narrowing. "'Did I not make myself clear?' he hissed. "'There is no place for you at that ball.' Gritting her teeth, Cinderella pressed on. "'Just like you, I have the right to go.' Now, please, it is very late. How dare you! screamed the Duke. Cinderella froze. This can continue no further, he panted. The Duke reached toward the table, picked up a bowl of lentils, and threw them into a pile of ashes. He smirked. 
if you can pick the lentils from the ashes and arrive at the ball without causing embarrassment, you and your brothers may live freely in the cottage for evermore. The duke paused. But if you fail, you must leave the cottage this week, never to return again. Eyes burning, Cinderella stepped forward. Nothing shall be easier. Good riddance, laughed the duke. He walked towards the door and paused, then slowly picked up Cinderella's dress and tore it in half. Cinderella slumped to the floor. What have I done? she muttered. What was I thinking? The knot in her stomach grew as she imagined breaking the news to her brothers. Drowning in despair, she began picking lentils from the ashes one by one. The good in the pot, the bad in the crop. Cinderella sighed as three doves gathered on the window sill. As she sighed again, they flew down and settled beside her. Nodding their beaks with a pick, 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 they helped gather the lentils. Within an hour, they finished the seemingly impossible task. Even then, Cinderella could not shake her sadness. Picking up her torn dress, she headed home to the comforts of the willow with the doves following behind. "'The duke is right,' she said, prodding the ground. "'What a fool I am! Going to a ball where I'll never belong! Look at the mess I have created!' Running her fingers over her necklace, Cinderella stared across the pond. Suddenly, one of the doves swooped down, its wings gently flicked the water and sent a ripple along the surface. Everything you need is within. It's the simplest yet hardest thing. Startled, Cinderella glanced around. A faint figure had appeared on the pond's surface. The voice came a second time, this time more clearly. Everything you need is within. It's the simplest yet hardest thing. Cinderella scrambled closer. Who are you? she whispered. Don't worry about who I am came the soft-spoken reply. Just know I am here to help. Cinderella looked down. It was hard to see clearly, but it seemed to be a fairy godmother. Why are you here on a night like this? You've done the hardest part. Don't you have a ball to attend? Oh, it's too late now, sighed Cinderella. Even if I made it, I'd be laughed out of the palace with my torn dress. Hmm. The reflection's eyes twinkled. There might be something we can do. What do you mean? Quick, said the fairy godmother. Run and fetch me a pumpkin. <laughs> a pumpkin? Cinderella laughed. Now I really must be dreaming. She hurried to the garden and returned with the best she could find. The fairy godmother clapped her hands. Cinderella gasped. Before her eyes, the pumpkin turned into a masterfully gilded coach. A group of nearby grasshoppers were now the most splendid horses. A tiny gray mouse became a portly coachman, and where moments earlier two fireflies had sat, two elegant butlers now stood. But how did you— This is— Cinderella spluttered. As she stumbled through the sentence, the fairy godmother clapped her hands once more. 
two doves appeared, carrying the glistening dress her brothers had made. After dropping it into her arms, they transformed into a most marvelous pair of glass slippers. "'There! I knew we would find a way,' chuckled the fairy godmother. "'Just be back before the clock strikes twelve. The transformations only last until then. Oh, and give my regards to the grumpy old duke,' she giggled as she faded from sight. Her heart pounding and her mind spinning, Cinderella took a deep breath and stepped into the carriage. As the palace approached, Cinderella felt her palms sweating. She edged up the sprawling stairs past the shimmering candles before gazing around. The palace was majestic. It wasn't the gold or marble that amazed her, but rather the sea of people before her. Dressed in the finest garments, guests represented not only every corner of the land, but seemingly all parts of the world. Cinderella had never seen anything like it. It was simply beautiful. Sounds of joy and laughter filled the hall, and wonderful smells filled the air. Cinderella glided across the marble floor, unaware of the admiring looks cast her way. Only when the music stopped was she shaken from her trance. Looking around, Cinderella froze. She saw a tall, wiry figure in the distance staring right at her. Instead of walking across the ballroom and confronting the Duke, Cinderella panicked. Needing air and space, she ran out of the great hall. Eventually she slumped down at the foot of a secluded staircase. The gentle sea breeze and the sounding of waves crashing against the cliffs below gradually calmed her nerves. "'I see someone has discovered my favorite hideaway,' came a warm voice from behind. "'Do you mind if I join?' Cinderella shuffled across, still in thought. "'Thank you. I need to escape for a moment. How are you finding the ball?' "'It's incredible,' replied Cinderella, looking down at the sea. I could never have imagined such splendor. Why, Princess Ileana must be the happiest person in the land. Oh, I wish, came a sigh. If anything, I sometimes feel trapped in this great castle and its prison of expectations. Cinderella turned and looked at the figure beside her for the first time. Princess Ileana, I'm so sorry, I— Cinderella began— but she trailed off as their eyes met. Time stood still. Cinderella couldn't move. This time she wasn't frozen in fear, but transfixed as a wondrous warmth wrapped her in bliss and sent flutters through her heart. Neither could break the other's gaze. Eventually the blushing princess broke the silence. I must head back inside to be seen, Ileana smiled. Would you do me the honor and join me for a dance? Dance with you? Cinderella gulped. The princess? In front of all? Oh, I am not worthy. Not worthy? The princess laughed, taking Cinderella's hand. What does that even mean? Come. When they entered, a great hush echoed around the hall. All eyes turned towards the pair, yet Cinderella could only see Ileana. Instead of her nagging self-doubt, she felt a quiet confidence build with every step she took. 
The pair mesmerized all around and spent the evening laughing, dancing, and joking as if they'd known each other all their lives. As she twisted and twirled through the crowd, Cinderella's glass slippers sparkled. Adrian and Sasha looked on in delight while the king and queen beamed, their hearts warming at the sight of their enthralled and smitten daughter. The duke was nowhere to be seen. As the orchestra struck up their final tune, Ileana pulled Cinderella away from the ball. Cheeks glowing, the princess turned to Cinderella. "'My head is spinning. Who are you? How have we never met before?' Pulled from her magical trance, Cinderella hesitated. The duke's mean comments rushed back. She took a deep breath, ready to reply, when the faint strokes of midnight rang out. Remembering the fairy godmother's parting words, she panicked. "'I'm so sorry. I must go. Just know to-night has brought me more joy than I thought possible,' replied Cinderella, hugging the princess and kissing her on the cheek. Before Ileana could reply, Cinderella turned and rushed toward her carriage, stumbling down the steps. The princess desperately tried to follow, but it was too late. Cinderella had gone." Gazing longingly down the stairs, Ileana noticed something shimmering in the moonlight. Walking closer, she realized it was one of Cinderella's mysterious glass slippers. It must have fallen off. Back home, Cinderella's mind was racing. What just happened? Did I truly spend all night dancing with a princess? With the princess? Cinderella sat down by the willow. Before she knew it, she was fast asleep, a smile on her face and the glass slipper in her hand. Cinderella! She woke with a jolt. Sorry, we couldn't let you sleep any longer, Sasha burst out. What happened last night? Rubbing her eyes, Cinderella pieced together the story as best she could. Why did you run away? Adrian asked. Didn't you want to stay? Of course, Cinderella replied but if the princess knew our story, she'd surely never want to see me again. Adrian shook his head. No, no, no. We saw how the princess looked at you. She didn't care for your name or your background. She spent all night with you because of who you are. The three sat together for a little while longer before Adrian and Sasha hugged their sister and headed inside, leaving Cinderella staring across the pond. Back at the castle, there was no such hesitation. The princess pleaded with her parents to help her find the mysterious guest. She searched far and wide with a host of riders. Yet ride after ride, day after day, the search yielded nothing. "'Perhaps it's just not meant to be,' said the king and queen, embracing their despondent daughter. The princess let out a deep sigh. "'Just one more day,' she asked clutching the glass slipper. "'Very well,' nodded the queen. Down by the willow, Cinderella had spent the following days replaying the magical night over and over. Her brothers could be right, but she was somehow afraid to act, not wanting to lose her perfect memory. Fondling her necklace, she looked up as a dove flew past, and a familiar voice whispered, Everything you need is within. It's the simplest, 
yet hardest thing. "'Fairy godmother?' Cinderella asked. "'Your brothers are right,' the voice continued. "'Embrace this magical connection, ignore the duke, and explore your feelings.' Cinderella grabbed the glowing glass slipper and ran through the house. "'Finally!' Sasha shouted as she whizzed past. "'To the castle?' "'Yes, but before I go, there is one final stop I must make.' Cinderella ran up to the manor and saw a troop of riders turning away. She frowned. The duke rarely had visitors. He was heading to the stables when Cinderella approached. "'So you have come to gloat!' he growled. "'Have the cottage. I could build a hundred more.' "'Gloat?' Cinderella shook her head. "'I merely came to say that we have no intention of staying at the cottage forever. We will leave at year's end as agreed. Now, I must go to the castle.' The duke's eyes narrowed. "'The castle? One night with a princess, and what? You think you belong there?' he hissed. I have waited years to win favor with the royal family. A smirk crept across his face as he stepped forward. It matters not. I've made sure you will never see the princess again. What do you mean? Cinderella asked. They came looking for you, sneered the duke. I told them you were from a distant land and would never be seen again. He laughed. Good riddance, Cinderella. You will never have what I have. Wait, cried Cinderella as the duke turned away. He paused. "'You have so much—money, power, titles. Yet I have never seen you smile or heard you utter a kind word. If that is your happiness, I want no part of it. I would trade it all for my night at the ball, a million times over.' For the first time the duke fell silent. "'You once gave shelter to our family many years ago. What happened to you?' Unable to look Cinderella in the eye any longer, the duke bowed his head. She almost pitied the old man, but there was no time for that. Cinderella glanced at the stables. "'Is this your fastest horse?' she asked. The duke paused before lifting his head and nodding. Without another word, Cinderella leaped into the saddle and raced away. On the long way back to the castle, the princess cut a lonely figure. After yet another day without success, the troops were tired and keen to return home. Ileana threw her head back and stared at the sky. In the corner of her eye she noticed a white dove cooing above. Flapping its wings, it beckoned her to follow. The princess stopped. As her riders raced on ahead, she turned around and followed the little creatures as fast as she could. After an hour of riding, Cinderella stopped to catch her breath. Looking up, she saw a dove fluttering in the distance. Excited, she spurred on the horse. Her heart jumped as she heard the sound of hooves coming around the corner. A familiar figure burst into sight. It was the princess. Ileana jumped off her horse and hugged Cinderella. "'How nice to see you running towards me for once!' The dove above fluttered in delight as the two held each other close. Tears of joy trickled down their faces. "'You came to find me,' whispered Cinderella, breaking the silence. "'And you me,' smiled the princess. 
"'I was looking for you and my missing slipper,' Cinderella laughed, wiping her eyes. "'Here,' said Ileana, easing Cinderella's foot into the glass slipper. It was a perfect fit. The slippers briefly sparkled and glowed before turning back into doves again. The princess blushed slightly. "'So, what do we do now?' "'Well,' Cinderella beamed, "'perhaps we could spend the summer together?' I never had a free summer, but I do now, and I could imagine nothing better. I'm sure my parents have plans for me, smiled the princess, but maybe those can wait. Oh, how wonderful, said Cinderella, grabbing her hand. Come, I must say thank you to a special someone and see my brothers before we go. And so it was that Cinderella stood by the weeping willow. Thank you, fairy godmother, she whispered. Nothing. One of the doves swooped down and rippled the surface once more. Sasha, Adrian, and Ileana came down and stood by her side. Can you see her? Cinderella asked. Sasha nodded. Many years ago, a young girl sat here, her eyes filled with determination and spirit. Adrian smiled. How nice it is to see her again. Cinderella stared down at the water. Instead of the fairy godmother, her own reflection stared proudly back, the princess at her side. The twinkle in her eye had finally returned. Her stepmother had been right all along. Everything she needed was always within, the simplest, yet the hardest thing. You've been listening to Cinderella a fairy tale retold by Stephen Kolinsky and Ian Botterill. That's it for tonight. I hope you'll join me again next week. In the meantime, be well, be happy, please stay safe. All the best. (music) 